This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce <laughs> yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht, and with me, my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, how's it going, man? Great. Great. This is the best day for King Cake Baby. Yeah. Uh, I was flying home on a plane last <laughs> night from Phoenix, and when I landed, I got a text from Andrew who said, hey, do you want to be on a pod tomorrow? And I was like, I really can't. I have class all day. There's no way I can do it. And then I got on Twitter and saw the trade that had happened. And I immediately texted Andrew back. I was like, I, I could probably stick <laughs> skip neurology. I don't skip, need to go to that class. Skipping all, skipping neurology. Yeah, you don't need to know anything about the brain. We just need to yeah. talk about boogie. I, I, I was. That was like, I was trying to think of like the most shocking NBA trades, like yeah. the, in 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 my lifetime. And this one is right up there. I think the most shocking one, without a doubt, is the Pau Gasol trade. So I took a, I took a nap that day, and I rarely take naps. Uh, <laughs> and I woke up, and I looked at my computer. I was on ESPN.com, and I say, it said Pau Gasol traded to the Lakers for Kwame Brown. I'm like, I, I must be still asleep, because there's no <laughs> way they just gave up Kwame Brown. Um, but yeah, I, can't, I cannot believe. So the, so the deal is... A top, I can't believe they got this pick even protected. It's just so absurd. <laughs> top three protected pick from the Pelicans to the Kings, along with uh, Buddy Heald. And I mean, that's basically the deal, right? So there, there's rumors that they're going to waive uh, Langston Galloway and Tyreek Evans. And that's the deal. <laughs> That's the deal. <laughs> Did they get a second rounder? They get like a uh, yeah. They got their 2017 second rounder. Oh so. wow! <laughs> it, and that's actually, I think I read that that's actually the Sixers pick, so it'll end up being like 35. So I guess it's good for a second rounder, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're having to say that is kind of a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I just um, I can't believe it. I, I know this is a Thunder podcast, and we will get to the Thunder. Don't worry. But we we just have to talk about Boogie. So what do you think this does for the Pelicans? Oh, man, that's like, isn't it crazy that I feel like that's the least interesting part of this trade for me? <laughs> it is, like is kind of crazy, yes. You almost forget that, like, they just created the best front court in the NBA. Yeah. Like, there's there's no... There's no argument about that. I mean, I, I saw something that this is the first time there's been like two guys who are averaging 20 and 10 in the same front court. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's no way of knowing. Um, this is what the Pelicans wanted for some reason the whole time to find a center. Um, yeah. That's why they gave Omer Sheik so much money and Alexis Ajinsa. Uh but yeah, it's going to be crazy. And the fact that they get to keep Drew Holiday, I mean, that's those are like legit top three players. That's a nice core. It's a it's a great core, and it's just funny to, in retrospect, to think about the Jill Okafor trade. Now that was rumored like a week ago. Oh the, yeah, uh, 
and clearly that's this is a much better deal for the Pelicans. To me, I, I don't know exactly what to expect, but I would also I'd be really surprised if they didn't make the eighth seed. They're two games back of Denver, and I know Denver's been playing really well. Um, but I just think that if DeMarcus can come in focused and ready to win, uh, he finally has some teammates around him that can do it. So it should be interesting. Although Alvin Gentry is he's a weird coach for this team, but I think that they can figure it out. Yes, and even if they don't make the playoffs, you know they're going to be like right there. So that pick is going to end up being like somewhere between the 13th and 15th pick. Oh, man. I Which mean, it's, is... <laughs> it's like Cameron Payne and Buddy Heald for DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, well, I saw someone on Twitter. They were like, did Oklahoma City get a better return for Serge Ibaka than the Kings just got for DeMarcus Cousins? Well, and you can duh. make that case. I mean, obviously, like, you'd, you'd rather probably have that first-rounder over Sabonis just because this draft is supposed to be better. Yeah. But then you're, but then you're comparing Oladipo to, like, Buddy Heald and Tyreek Evans and Langston Galloway. It's no contest, right? Yeah, which is insane. It is. Because— That should not have happened. <laughs> okay, so I have, I have a lot of different—I uh, have eight points okay. <laughs> to discuss. <laughs> I had a lot of trouble falling asleep last night. I'd like to thank Chicken Express for sponsoring today's podcast. Again, their monthly special is the two four tender meals, both with a side and a drink for $9.99. It's a wonderful deal. Uh, if you like gravy, I'm telling you, they've got some really good gravy. Not many fast food places have gravy or serve any gravy that's any good. Uh, Chicken Express is different in that way. They've also got really great sweet tea. So go check out Chicken Express this week. Go get yourself uh, those two four tender meals for $9.99. And back to the podcast. Um, okay, well, first of all, th- so that the deal that they, that they offer for Jaleel Okafor was everything that they gave Sacramento without Buddy Heald, and then the first-round pick was top 20 protected. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, that's a pretty decent deal for Okafor. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I kind of understand why the Sixers didn't do it, but they could have easily accepted that, and none of this would have ever, ever happened. Right. Um, okay, so, of course, I want to talk about the Sixers first. <laughs> yeah, they um, so, somehow the two teams made a trade that didn't involve the Sixers, and the Sixers are now the winners of this trade, right? Yeah, it's insane. So they, everyone knows they own Sacramento's 2019 unprotected first, which is going to be incredible now. It's hard to imagine how it wouldn't be top five, like, minimum. Yeah. Especially when you look at this Kings roster, like, this is Brooklyn West now. Oh, they're like, awful. Who, who is their core? And then they're going to have, and we're going to talk about it a little later, but like Darren Carlson and Rudy Gay, they're both expiring, so they'll probably leave. Mm-hmm. And so you just have this core of like random guys. Um, <laughs> but the other thing about the Sixers is that they own the right to swap their, to swap their picks this year. Mm-hmm. And they're currently only two and a half games back of Sacramento. But what's interesting about that to me is Sacramento is currently in the 11th spot. So that means that the Sixers are currently two and a half games back of the 11th spot. And why that's significant is because if the Sixers end up in that 11th spot and then they swap swap picks, (laughs) then Sacramento has to give that pick to Chicago. Oh, my gosh. Because Sacramento owes their pick to Chicago this year if it's not in the top 10. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, the chances of that happening are probably pretty slim. Um, I haven't seen a lot of people like acting like the Sixers are going to go on some run, but it's a possibility with the way the Sixers have been playing. That would be an amazing subplot to all this if that ended up happening. 
and just to remind people why they owe the Bulls that pick, in 2011, the Cavs traded J.J. Hickson to the Kings for Omri Caspi and a 2012 first-round pick. And that pick has decreased in protections. It started at, like, top 14 protection, and it's lasted this entire time, <laughs> which is pretty remarkable, like, in and of itself. And then they eventually traded it to Chicago, but... Okay, so that's that's point one. The Sixers <laughs> is doing great. <laughs> um, what do you? How are you feeling about Buddy Heald? I think he's fine. I think he could be a starting shooting guard, but I mean, he's not a star. Yeah, and I was trying to find because I knew he was like older, and so I, I love like the comparisons where you say like, "Oh, this guy's only like three months younger than this guy." Yeah. <laughs> I found out that Buddy Heald is only five months younger than Steven Adams. Wow. Which is pretty wild. <laughs> it's wild. He's a rookie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting, uh, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, he tweeted out something that there were better deals, like objectively better deals out there, but that the Kings just love Buddy Heald. Um, and someone else commented that uh, Vivek was the only owner to attend his pro day last year. Wow. So they've like obviously really liked this guy for a while. There were rumors that they wanted to trade up for him in last year's draft. But you look at the way they've evaluated shooting guards, and it, it doesn't make you feel great. <laughs> Stauskas, you know, Jimmer, and Ben, ben, ben McLemore. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. So I, I, I feel awful, awful for Buddy Heald. Yeah. Like, I just uh, – I mean – you can't even say like, well, at least he'll get a ton of playing time because he was getting decent playing time with the Pelicans too. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm really worried about him. Well, I feel l- like he's just going to fade away. At least Rudy Gay is still there, so that he can welcome him to basketball hell. Oh, that's true. I saw. Did you see Sam Vecini tweeted last night that Demarcus Cousins has hit six more three pointers than Buddy this year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is weird, uh, but Buddy's been better it, lately. He's been he's been a he lot has. he's been a lot better lately. And, but again, like, what what are your expectations for a guy like Buddy Hill? Like, he's a he's a role player. He's a shooter. He's and I don't and I don't know that Sacramento expects him to be a star. Um, but it's just such a bad trade. I mean, it's just so bad. I mean, even if if that's all you can get, what do you do? you hang on to him? I mean, why do you, why well, do you even trade him? Do you hang on to him? This is my next point, Andrew. Demar- <laughs> Demarcus Cousins is money. Okay, so he was eligible for the designated player exemption this summer, which mm-hmm. means that he could sign a five-year extension that was going to be worth $209 million, and it would extend him through 2023. But one thing I didn't know is that if a person signs that, they can't be traded for a year after signing the extension. Hmm. And that could have only come from the Kings. Yeah. So now that he's with the Pelicans, the max extension he can get is five years, $180 million. Which means he Boogie lost thirty million dollars last night, like right <laughs> off the bat, because he can't. There's no way for him to get that money. And he was publicly saying, "I'm going to sign it." In an interview this past weekend, he said, "I'm going to sign the extension. I'm going to stay in Sacramento." Yeah, and and now it kind of makes more sense because I didn't really know all those details, but like why his agents were putting out this idea that like he's not going to resign with any team that would. Tr- trade for him um he's like not going to resign the extension this summer yeah because his, um, cause his did, agent's getting a cut of that 30 million too they don't <laughs> yeah that, that's a ton of money yeah wow that is um, crazy the other thing 
I would like to briefly talk about is uh, Vladi Divac's future. <laughs> I, would, I would love to. <laughs> lots of I mean, cigars. Lots. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you just put together like his two major trades as the Kings, mm-hmm. like those are arguably like going to set this franchise back like a, a decade. Those yeah. are incredibly bad trades. Um, and then Mark Stein reported that Boogie's agent said that Vladi had assured him his client client would not get traded 40 minutes prior to the trade. <laughs> what I mean, what are you supposed and and that gets out? Who's going to play in Sacramento? Like no one's coming there. Yeah, and who was playing there in the first place? And now like it just looks even worse. Yeah, if you're going to come, if you're going to be our star, uh, there's no way you can trust us. Just absolutely no chance you're going to be able to trust us. It's it's just it's such an amazing trade and like another thing I want to bring up is like I don't, I don't think there's any player where the the difference between the fan perception and the real world perception is like this dramatic yeah because I mean the majority of NBA fans really like Boogie they love his stats they recognize that he's like a top ten top fifteen player at worst um, but like. Obviously, that is not the perception in the NBA. Um, I was reading Chris Ryan last night, and he was like, you know, Boston, Philly, Denver, L.A., they all could have topped this deal, and they chose not to. Yeah, easily. I mean, Boston could have topped that deal without having to really give up that much at all. Yeah, which is, it's just, I mean, I I understand, like, why Philly wouldn't do it, because they have every center, but yeah, it's just amazing that that's what, he ended up going for i just can't get over it yeah no even with even with all the stories even with all the stories and everything i just and then i was reading last night how um like the king's front office has tried has been trying to convince vivek that this is what he should be doing for like the last month like they were trying to convince him because he was like the last holdout He, he didn't want to trade boogie yeah, and that like the last couple of events that turned things was his tirade about Golden State, his technical foul, like his seventeenth technical foul that he got, and then the fact that the Kings beat the Celtics without right. him when he was suspended. <laughs> Apparently, that was like semi significant, which so, is insane. It's a world changer. How can that yeah. be? I mean, the Kings are even more over the top than how people make fun of them, right? Yes. Like they took it to another level. And like, I don't know, people give them a ton of crap, but I mean, they're, they're just raising the ante here. And, and to tell, and to go back to what you said about how people value cousins more than the league does. We did a poll last night and the question is, if it meant that you had to trade Steven Adams, would you want Boogie and OKC? And it was very close. 47% of people said yes. I mean, if they got Steven Adams, I mean, people would be like, well, you know what? He's a younger guy. He seems like a good guy to build, you know, to build around. You know, he's, you know, at least they're getting a quality guy. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. That, that would be a great trade for, and I think that both sides, you could say like, wow, like, you know, the Thunder upgraded their talent. The Kings got a center who could probably be a top five center in the league someday. You know, great trade, you know, whatever. Yeah, honestly, I think the perception would be different if you just swap Buddy Heald for Jamal Murray. Like, I feel like the internet yeah. would have been more accepting of it just because people seem to like Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray a lot more. Exactly. Yeah. 
Oh. <laughs> okay, and then uh, I saw someone on Reddit posted this. You know how, like, after a GM makes a series of moves, people like to put all of those moves into one move to try to show you, like, how dramatic it was? Yeah. So, for Tyreek Evans, Isaiah Thomas, Hassan Whiteside, and Demarcus Cousins, the Kings received Grievous Vasquez, a protected first, a second, Tyreek Evans, and Buddy Heald. <laughs> oh, Which obviously other things went on there, but... <laughs> oh, man. I love the Kings. I'm so I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy that... I mean, there. I mean, some people are like, well, they get to restart. They get to, you know, really, uh, you know, build from the ground up. Man, the Kings yeah. don't build from the ground up. They're, they're going down. They're, this is going to get worse. Did, did you read uh, Howard Beck's article this I, morning? I didn't. Okay, so this was an interesting quote. He said, The Kings have employed six head coaches and cousins seven seasons. They've never won more than 33 games and were on pace for 35 wins this season at the time they dumped him. So what is it exactly the Kings are sacrificing? They've been a dysfunctional laughingstock for years with cousins. They can hardly be worse without them. But I would argue that they could be worse. Like I, I feel like uh, Brooklyn is an example of what is worse than that. Because Brooklyn is so irrelevant and so devoid of talent, and they're yeah. not going to be relevant for a few years. And I almost feel like that is worse than what the Kings have been going through. Yeah, I mean, at least like the Nets have competent ownership and leader. Well, maybe not ownership, but at least leadership in the front office. Like you can look at them and say, you know what, they're going to be bad for probably the next five years, but they have somebody in there that's going to that's making good decisions and that's trying things. I mean, if Vlade Divac is going to keep his job. What's, I mean, what what is going to happen? I mean, who are they going to pick this year? Like, I mean, they, there's no way that they can make this one pick this year and like things turn around. I mean, if if they whiff on this draft pick, and they whiff on the draft pick that the Pelicans give them, the trade's over. Yeah, the deal is done. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, going to be much much worse. Tom Ziller. So he like responded to Howard Beck's article because Howard Beck was like really anti boogie. Yeah. Um, and actually he included, did you see these tweets from, so this is like the Brian Davis of Sacramento. His name's Grant Napier. Uh-huh. He's their play by play guy. Yeah. So right after the trade, he tweeted trading DMC was an absolute no brainer. There's been a dark cloud over this franchise for years. That cloud is now gone. Then he said, <laughs> then he said, 24, 22, 28, 29, 29, 33, and 24 this season. That's a number of wins with Cousins. It was time to move into another direction, period. And then he said, and here's maybe the most important thing. Most of Cousins' teammates the past seven years hated playing with him. That is a fact. <laughs> so, like, I do think it's worth including that because obviously, like, this guy was around the team the whole time. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Like we we all read the Kevin Arnovitz article, which was amazing, and there were some definitely things in there that I had never heard before. Um, but man, <laughs> it's still rough. It's really bad. I mean, the Kings haven't made a good draft pick uh, since 2011. They picked just sheer luck, probably because they thought it was Isaiah Thomas, the the living legend got in a time machine and went back in time. But they picked Isaiah Thomas 60th, and that was their last good draft pick. Before that, DeMarcus was their best. 
Um, and then after that, I mean, it's just awful. I know they've traded a lot of these guys, but Isaiah Cousins, Willie Colley Stein, Nick Skauskas, Ben McLemore, Ray McCallum, Thomas Robinson, Orlando Johnson. I mean, like hardly any of these guys are even NBA players. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Ziller was writing about their core now. And this was like the most mean thing I've ever seen, even though it's true. He, so he said, so one of their core is Willie Colley Stein. He's a 23 year old who wasn't productive enough to be named to the rising stars challenge in either of his first two seasons, <laughs> which is so true. I mean, Alex, is, Alex Abrinas yeah, made the, Alex Abrinas made it. The Thunder have two guys uh, who haven't really played all that well this season. Yeah. It's kind of like hard to do, especially when you're, I, I think he was like the seventh pick or something. He was the sixth pick. Yeah, six <laughs> Man. Well, did you go on uh, the King subreddit at all? I, I did not. Was it was it great? Oh my god, people like uh, I've seen multiple people who were like I just called in and canceled my season tickets. <laughs> you have to. What are you going to watch? Yeah, that's true. Unless you're just a huge, unless you're like an OU grad. Like maybe if I was out in Sacramento, I would go just to watch Betty. <laughs> it's, I mean, is this team better or worse than the OU team with Buddy? <laughs> wow. That's a really uh, dark version of that question. Like the question of like, could the 76ers beat the Kentucky Wildcats? Could last year's OU team beat the Kings? Oh dear. They definitely have more cohesion than the Kings do. Well, they also already have Isaiah Cousins, so there'd be a lot of overlap. That's true. That's true. There's a couple players overlap. I mean, I'm I'm joking. Like I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, if they keep Darren Collison, Darren Collison would smoke anybody on OU, but. Um, and Costa Kufas is still, he's fine. He's like a backup center. Um, you know, Papa Giannis, maybe this is his chance to step up. Uh, uh he's averaging 12 and eight in starters minutes in the D league. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, That's another one of Tom Ziller's things. Maybe Scal. Yeah. He's got a great name. He does. He does have a great name. It's a good uh, start. He's got a 16 PER. And, oh really? Yeah, I don't know how many minutes he's played this season. Probably like a hundred. So how how far do you think the like how bad do you think the Kings will be the rest of the year? Oh, they got to be the worst team in the in the NBA because I, I would I would guess that they're going to trade anybody that makes them even halfway decent. I mean, Derek Collison, like what what's the point of even having him on the team? He's expiring. They need to trade him. I mean that this. I mean, if I'm the Thunder, and I know that Darren Collison's had some legal trouble, but I would call him and just say, hey, let's do Cameron Payne, Anthony Morrow for Darren Collison. I mean, that immediately makes the Thunder a lot better. I think that you can probably re-sign Collison on a you know a, a decent deal. Uh, he's a really good backup, can run your second unit. He can score. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I would do, and that locks up your backup point guard position. Um you know, I, I like campaign fine. I, I think he's been really bad this season. Um, people know that I've been super critical of him. Um, but you just don't have to, I don't know, you don't have to worry about uh, Russ being out of the game so much if if you do that. And I know that it's not all about this season, but I do think that you could re-sign him and that he'd be very helpful going forward. Yeah, and that almost feels like an overpay at this point, <laughs> considering what the Kings are getting. Right. Like, I mean, what? Else, let's see what else they could do. Because I mean, you. I mean, Anthony Morrow's got probably got to be a part of the deal just to make the money work. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and it probably would have to be campaign just because like it's not as if the Thunder have a lot of picks that they can ship. Yeah, off. and yeah, it's not going to be picks. I mean, maybe you can talk them into Joffrey. Sure, Moro and Joffrey. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I mean, it didn't take much to get Boogie. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, the, the I think the goal of this trade deadline for Sam Presti has got to be to unload Kyle Singler, right? That's number one priority. Like, just get just, just get him gone. And if that goal is not met, then he needs to waive him. He does. Sh- stretch him. Stretch him. You have to. You have to. You can't play him. Like, you just can't. And, and if we've learned one thing from this period where Ennis Kander's been out, like... They can use depth at multiple positions. Oh yeah, and and the fact that Kyle Singler's just soaking up a roster spot that could be filled even with like you know just some ten day guys that you just bring in just to see what happens. I mean, they can't. They honestly cannot be worse than Kyle Singler. No, that's impossible. <laughs> it's I, <laughs> you just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think they would do this. But also, I don't know. I mean, you say I don't think the Kings would do this. Is like is that even a sentence anymore? Like a, probably not. Um, I mean, maybe the, maybe you do like Darren Collison, Ben McLemore for singular Morrow campaign, Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Then you just say like, Hey, you know, sorry, you've got to take Kyle. Uh, Morrow's <laughs> expiring the campaign's a lottery pick. Jeremy Grant is on a controllable contract. Really? you know, a fun player. And I know a lot of people like Grant here, but if you can get Ben McLemore, just because Presti seems to love the 2013 draft for whatever reason, um, and Darren Collison, I mean, I, I think that I would do that. I mean, you get to unload Kyle, you get a real backup point guard, you get a wing that can maybe play both ways. Um, Kyle would certainly help them tank. Oh yeah. You start, if you're the Kings, you start Kyle, you play him 35 minutes a game. Isn't that, that's, oh God, it's so depressing because they can't even like really tank this year. Like, obviously they're going to be terrible, Yeah, but they, they're still just like every loss is just helping the Sixers. (laughs) They're in such a bad place and it's, it's so Kings. Like this is just the most Kings day. Like this should be, instead of president's day, this should be Kings day. This is, (laughs) this is the day of Kings. I mean, their best asset on their team like all of their assets is their pick next year. That's like what they have to look forward to. That's what's worth right. more than anything else on their roster. Yeah. And they've just got to be just miserable. They got this brand new building that I've heard is just amazing. I mean, they've yeah, got, they got that little robot. <laughs> they do have the robot. I've heard just the facilities are just unreal. Uh, but now, you know, they've got their basically their young guys team. <laughs> yeah. This also destroys the, uh, the their ability to put together a big three of Boogie, Rudy Gay, and uh, Russell Westbrook. That's true. That was their plan. <laughs> now, what, uh, did you see the Twitter question about, oh, it's from uh, OKLove0, where he said, do you think Russell Westbrook wants to go play in New Orleans with Davis? When did they get to be so chummy? And cousins now? <laughs> I mean, the answer is no, right? I mean, first of all, they're going to be capped out. I mean, they're going to re-sign. Um, they're going to re-sign Drew Holiday to the max this summer or somewhere near right. it. Uh, they're not going to have space to bring in uh, Westbrook, so it's like not even a possibility based on reality. But also, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, do you, 
do you look at New Orleans and trust their organization? Like they just haven't been very good for a long time. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that that team will be fun, but I don't think that you look at them and think like, oh, it's time to it's time to put together a super team with Demarcus Cousins. Like I don't think that's a sentence. I don't think people say that. Yeah, and plus, like at this point, assuming they re-sign Drew Holiday, like it would take Westbrook demanding a trade specifically to New Orleans, right? And the Thunder, what's what's there to get back? You're not going to take back Drew Holiday for Westbrook. Yeah, there's not a lot there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's a possibility. I think it's. I think it's a higher possibility that things implode. Demarcus leaves New Orleans. Uh, Drew Holiday leaves this summer, and then Anthony Davis is on an island, and he demands a trade. You know, I think that's more likely than Russ up and leaving to go to the Pelicans. Yeah, I could see that. And that'd be so interesting if Cousins did leave, because I, I just wonder what team, after what we've seen, is like cool with giving him a max. I have no idea. I wonder if uh, if the Magic were in on any of this with the with the Kings. Apparently they were. They were one of the teams that was mentioned as that like threw out some kind of offer. I'm sure that they... Um, but we didn't get any details. The only detail we got was the Lakers one that they didn't want to include Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Which I guess is good that they did that. I don't know. I don't know how good Brandon Ingram is. I don't know either. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. At this point, the magic, I mean, you're probably Evan Fournier to match salaries. And then Hazonia? Zonia? Alfred Payton? <laughs> I don't know. That's bad. That's. I mean. That's. I mean. That's probably better than getting back Buddy Heal, but still not great. Yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, Russell Westbrook in the All Star game yesterday. So, I mean, he played really well. He always plays really well in these All Star games. He had a ton of fun. He smiled a lot. But the big news uh, for the Thunder was that uh, there was a give and go alley oop from KD to Russell Westbrook, and for some like. I don't know if you read Twitter after that happened, but it was, it was just weird. And people are saying like, Oh, see all this beef wasn't real. You know, basketball heals all wounds. And even, um, Reggie Miller said, time heals all wounds. Time heals all wounds. And I was just like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Nothing is healed. He, He threw up a pass. He dunked it. Even after the, even in his press conference. I mean, I've never seen Russell Westbrook laugh or smile that much, uh, as he did in his press conference, but even he like downplayed it and the bench was really, I mean, it was kind of cool, I guess, but everyone was almost like making fun of it, right? Like it wasn't, they weren't cheering like happy. They were just like, it was like an awkward, like, I don't know. I mean, Steph, you heard Steph Curry like screaming on the bench, like, what is happening? Like, just like joking. Like, it wasn't like he, I don't know if they were like really excited or if they just think all this is stupid, Uh, but it wasn't like real cheering. It was like almost, it was, it was a mockery, right? Yeah, I feel like, especially when you hear about what the atmosphere was like in the locker room. Yeah. I feel like it was probably just like a way to release some energy. Yeah. Like release some of that tension that was building up. Yeah. It was like, okay, let's just pretend everything's cool for like five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they didn't play together hardly at all. And that happened. And I think some tension was released, but 
clearly their beef is still there. And people that think that it's, you know, it's all over now because he threw him an alley-oop. I mean, that's just, it's just flat out wrong. I mean, you you go and listen to Westbrook's press conference and you'll find out that it still very much exists. I just, I can't imagine, because I've had, I've had beef with people before (laughs) where I'm like trying to avoid someone because I just don't want to have to deal with it. But I cannot imagine being in that position and then also being in front of everyone and everyone's watching what you're doing yeah. and you have to like consciously decide how you're going to like interact with this person. Cause you know, it's going to be on camera every single time. I just feel like that would be so exhausting. It has to be, it, it has got to be. And I think and it's probably, it's probably more exhausting for KD cause it seems like Westbrook kind of like gets some sick joy out of this. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. And I mean, and it was, I don't know if you read Royce Young's article, but I guess Kevin has tried to squash the beef by sending people to Westbrook that, uh, like, people in his group to him to say, like, hey, like, I guess when they were at the stake place the night after the OKC game, he came in and was like, hey, Kevin's here. And, like, Russ is like, okay, who cares, you know? Uh, so, I don't know. I, I'm kind of tired of Kevin playing like he has like no role in this um yeah maybe we should just be enjoying that he feels so awkward yes i think so (laughs) (laughs) i i just i'm i'm tired of it i'm tired of him acting like you know he did nothing wrong and um that you know that you know if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen organically no it's gonna happen because you go and you talk to him and you tell him you know i made i made a mistake not coming to you man to man and you know that was my fault and i was really stupid and you know you know whatever i mean that's that's how you have to handle it i mean you're not gonna like i mean it's kind of like in your middle school and you send a friend to go tell another person what you think you know yeah instead of you know just handling it i don't know well obviously he must be genuinely afraid of westbrook (laughs) (laughs) if he's not willing to do that that's probably true um yeah, there's still clearly a lot of beef there. There was, you know, footage of them, you know, walking right by each other and you know, they didn't they acted like they were both weren't there. So Ugh. it's crazy. It'll continue. I mean, what Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, like they it the beef is still there. They're not going to make up this season. Maybe in the off season, maybe at Team USA, something like that, but it's not happening. And I would be surprised if it happened really you know, in their playing careers that they like became like real friends again. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. It'll be like that Orlando magic 30 for 30 when Shaq and Penny. Yeah. Like pool poolside at the end and like, yeah, we could have been really something really cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll be something really sad like that. And if, and for everybody who is like buying into this revisionist history that Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant never liked each other, that they were never friends, go read Royce Young's article because it's, that's what it is. It's revisionist history. It's not true. I mean, they obviously had each other's back. They were friends. They rode together in every all-star game prior to this that they were in together. Um, you know, it's just everything that you hear right now is very, it's just contrary to what reality is. So if you, if you need a reality check in the Katie Russell Westbrook uh, saga, go read Royce's piece. Cause it was really good. It's on ESPN.com. Um, okay. Let's see. Are there any trades that really interest you coming up? Because the trade deadline's Thursday. 
I expect the Thunder to do something. Um, is there anything we talked about Darren Collison? I think that makes a ton of sense for this team. Is there anything else that intrigues you? Um, I, I'm interested in any trade that brings back an NBA caliber player. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a pretty low bar. Okay. Just because, um, and I feel like this this way about the Toronto deal for Ibaka. Yeah. And I think it was Zach Lowe who was talking about it. Like the idea that if you just take all these minutes that you're giving to not good players and just give them to an NBA player, yeah. like it's going to make you significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that way with the thunder right now. There's so many holes where they're just getting empty minutes. Right. And if they can just fill those minutes, they don't even have to be, they don't have to be stars. They don't even have to be great players, but they just have to be like quality rotation NBA guys. Okay. So tell me who you think are the quality rotation NBA players on the thunder right now. Um. So the the starting, well, I mean, so Sabonis is probably not. He is not a quality NBA player right now. Not today, right? Not today. But the other four, obviously. Um, I think Alex Abrinas. I would I would include him, even if it's just like ten minutes. I like I like trust him and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I trust I trust his skills. Um, and his canter, obviously. Yep. Um. Jeremy Grant, yeah, he's like he's like borderline, but I still I'm I'm cool with him. I have no beef with Jeremy Grant. And then that's about it, right? Because then you're talking Cameron Payne would be another guy there, but he has not been an NBA caliber player this season. Yeah, uh, Anthony Morris hit or miss. Like he can be, but he's not always. He's been he's shot the ball just terribly this season. Nick Collison's obviously just a locker room guy. Kyle. Right. Uh, Joffrey is so t- Joffrey is sometimes right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Joffrey. Yeah, he he can be. He's like he's like right there on the yeah. edge. So we're not talking about a whole. I mean, the Thunder do have a lot of good guys, but they need they just need a wing, right? They need a NBA caliber wing because like the guys we talked about, Jeremy Grant, he's not really a wing. I mean, he's 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 just a shot blocking guy that can shoot threes, but it should be a four. Um, right, Andre Robertson, he's he's very good, but he doesn't fit this team. Um, you know, Abrinas doesn't play enough um, to make that big of an impact. Sing, gosh, gosh, Singler's so bad, man. I don't even, I can't even make fun of him anymore. I just, he just needs to be gone so bad. Yeah, so they like have seven and a half like quality NBA guys, which is fine, except when one of them is hurt, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like right. all of these all this depth becomes so much more important. The team is very top heavy and yeah. Ennis Cantor. I mean, I would have never thought that Ennis Cantor would be this important to this franchise, <laughs> but he is. And he's been very, very good this season. He's, I mean, I think that Steven Adams has been great, but you can make an argument that Ennis Cantor has been the second most important player on the team this season. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a shame that, he plays the same position as the second best player on the team. Right. If he could, man, if he was just a little bit quicker and if he could shoot the ball from the outside a little bit better, uh, you could play them together and that solves your problem. Right. Yeah. Cause uh, I mean, you can play them together some, but yeah, you, it can't be like your front court of the future playing them 30 minutes together a night. No, 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 no. Uh, so I think my main idea, and I beat this, you know, over and over and over again, it's, 
Robertson to the Nuggets. I think that makes a ton of sense for both teams because I think Robertson helps them today, uh, helps them with their playoff push, and they need to they need to move somebody because they can't play everybody. I mean, they can't play Gary Harris the minutes that he needs to play. They can't play you know Will Barton, Wilson Chandler, Gallinari. Um, Jamal Murray, there's just not enough minutes. They have this guy Malik Beasley who pe- people think could be good, but nobody knows because he never he can't play. Um, which one of those guys is most intriguing to you um, if there was a Robertson plus whatever for one of those Nuggets guys? Um, I guess it's still Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he is older, he just fills such an immediate need and, you know, as long as Russ is here, this team should be trying to win now. Um, I, I, I know that they're in the past, they've been all, always been about collecting assets to have longevity and stuff. But I would rather them make a move like that and get a veteran than make a veteran move like they've made in the past, which is, you know, bring in Karan Butler, bring in Derek Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I will be so mad if they bring in somebody like that. They, and they yeah, won't. And they won't. They shouldn't, yeah. But those have been their like veteran win now moves in the past. Sure. And I would much prefer like a veteran who is still good win now move. Um, so yeah, I, I like the idea of Chandler um, because if you bring in Gallo, then you're starting to worry about are you playing Sabonis at all? You know, is, is are you really giving him the time to develop that he needs? Yeah, and they play, um, they play guys they play guys up though, and I feel like they're going to play him at the three. Even if they got Gallo, like they'd make him a three, I'd be very surprised if they made him a four. I'd be, that's I would just, true. I just would be. I mean, they play Jeremy Grant at the three. Yeah, that's a good point. They do like moving everyone back a position. I mean, they've, there's been, and I, I haven't heard this in a long time, but they've talked about going to get another shooting guard so that they can, or another get a small forward so they can move Andre Robertson back to the shooting guard. Right, his his natural spot. They believe <laughs> like, no wrong way, wrong way, Sam Presti. <laughs> Um, so a deal that would, and I don't, I don't know if this, and, and Gallinari is an, ex, an expiring contract basically as a team option this summer, which is also kind of scary. Like, does he want to stay and play with Russ? Like, like who knows? He said he wants to have his Jersey retired in Denver, which I didn't know people wanted that. Um, but like a Robertson Payne and Moro for Gallo works. Hmm. Or, I don't know if I'd do that. You don't think the Thunder? You don't? Well, you wouldn't do that if you were the Thunder. Yeah, I, I just don't. I mean, Gallo helps at one position, and I really like him. But are you really gonna? How are you gonna resign him this summer? I mean, you have his bird rights, so you just do. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, I know. But you're like definitely going into the tax, right? And if they're going to keep and, Robertson, they would be as well. They can't. They can't do that. Do you really think they're going to go into the tax this summer for this team? I mean, I know it's not my money. I don't actually care. I don't know what... If they're going to improve the roster, I don't know what other choice they have, right? Yeah. I just don't feel like Gallo's enough to make that jump. So So would you rather do a Wilson Chandler for Robertson and Payne, where he's on his deal for this year? Why do I have to get both those guys up? So what, I mean, would you do Robertson can't, can't. And, and Morrow, right? And Morrow for and they just Gallo? Yeah, or, or Chandler. 
Yeah, for Chandler. What do you think about Will Barton? Will the Thrill. Uh, he's cool. He's on a pretty good deal. He's on a great deal. He's making like three and a half million or something. Yes. This year next. You could do Will Barton and Robertson straight up. Yeah. Can you play Will Barton at the three? I think he's six seven. Oh. I always thought he was a little short guy. He's six six, um, one seventy five. I mean he's not a big dude by any stretch. I mean he's super skinny. I don't know if you can I don't I don't think he's a I don't think he's a three. I think you could you could put him there though. I think he's more of a I mean that's still the, the kind of the still the problem is you talked about like getting an NBA caliber player back. You're giving up right. an NBA caliber player to get one. Exactly. <laughs> Which yeah, makes I'm, it I'm even looking at uh like the Kings, like if you could get like uh Darren Carlson and Costa Kufos. Yeah. Just because I, I would like to have a defensive big on this team other than Steven Adams. Oh man, that's, like a, it's a, so a crowded then. Like, like you just have way know, too many bigs. The There's just way yeah. too many. Yeah, I, I like the idea of Will Barton, but and I also I don't know if you heard the Sabonis for Gary Harris. I don't know that the that they would do that, but it also just you're creating just another hole, right? Right. Yeah. Because you, can, you well, just need to get it. I mean, they have to. If they're trading Robertson. And they're not going to take a big step back, which I don't. I don't know that the Thunder aren't willing to take a big step back. I mean, I right. think that, I think that they are. I think they're willing to do whatever makes sense in their eyes, and it's not necessarily pushing this team to be better right now, which is going to be hard to swallow if that does happen. But I think if you're trading Robertson, you have to get a three back, because then who do you play? If, let's say they do get a shooting guard, or they get a power forward, like who plays a three then? I mean, you've got. I mean, they're not. They're they're obviously not really invested in Josh Eustis. Like they don't they don't think that he can play. Uh, then you still have Kyle. I mean, Kyle is the only other three on the team, unless you want to start Jeremy Grant there, which I'm sure they would be happy to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's the, I I just think that you have to go get another three, and uh, Wilson Chandler just makes a ton of sense. He almost makes too much sense um, for this team. Like for it to actually happen, and because he's cost controlled for at least another year. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing I I keep thinking about, I know this is not popular, but you know I keep coming back to Ennis Cantor, and I, I like Ennis Cantor. I think he's a great player, but just in terms of how this roster is constructed, um, the amount of money he's taking up on the cap compared to where they have holes at other positions, mm-hmm. like they're so strong at the center position. With Adams right. and Cantor, they're top heavy um, and they're and they're way too heavy with centers. Yeah, and so, and that's why, like, I understand why people get mad when you talk about trading Cantor, but it's just because you have so much of your capital in this one position. Yeah, and as a result, you're that's necessarily going to make other positions weaker, and that's what we're seeing with like a small forward. Like, if you trade Robertson, you better be getting a three back because there's nothing else on this roster. No. What and the and we talked about this. The biggest problem with Cantor is where do you trade him? Like yeah, who, exactly. Who needs who needs a guy that can do what he does? And he's he's very good. He I think he just holds more value to this Thunder team than he does to you know the open market of the NBA. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, I would not expect them to get even close to equal value if they traded him. I mean, you think about maybe Chicago. 
I mean, what do you get back? You can NS for... Is, is, is Taj an expiring? Taj is expiring. You can probably get... I mean, would you do it for Taj and Miritich? And a goober. Just throw in a goober. Just throw in a goob. Would you do it for... <laughs> I don't think they would do this. Would you do Taj and McDermott for Ennis? I mean, that's a step back. Yeah, but they they wouldn't do that because they invested so much in uh, McDermott. Would you do Taj and Miritich for Ennis? Yeah. Would you do Taj and Denzel Valentine? I don't um, even know if that works. I, it doesn't yeah. work. Doesn't doesn't even work. Can't even do it. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Taj. Yeah, it, Denzel Valentine. Jerry and Grant. Bring the Grant Grant Brothers reunion in OKC. Oh, that'd be cool. That I'm works. That works. And the uh, according to the trade machine, the Thunder lose eight wins. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm just a- anything for depth. And I-, I think if they ever do trade Cantor, it'll be because they just have to free up space. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they'll probably just keep them unless they like really feel like they can go out and either sign someone or that they can make a trade for someone that they w- then want to give a big contract to in the summer. Yeah. Man, I just don't even know where that spot is. Like, you just look at all these teams. I know. Like, I mean, the Pelicans would have been one of those spots. I mean, that's why they were looking yeah. at Okafor. And mm-hmm. so they're off the list now. I mean, Detroit, no. Indiana, no. Miami, no. Milwaukee, no. They've already got a guy just like him that they would like to trade. Uh, New York, who knows? And what do they even have to offer? Uh, Orlando, who knows? Probably not. They already have, they basically already have Ennis Cantor on the roster. Philly, no. Toronto, no. Washington, no. That's the whole East, right? (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe Charlotte. Maybe Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is one that I go to. But, I mean, the trade that makes sense is Ennis for Wes Matthews, right? Yeah. And that gives we're you a way. He'll, he'll be here for a while. Yeah, they're not going to do that. And then what and else? I, I like having him around. Oh, he's really fun. Yeah, he's great. And he, I mean, he really, he the second unit is just dead without him. Right. They They need him badly. I think that if he can come back quickly... And he acts like he is, but he's also just trying to mess with the media, which is really great. Um, I don't know. I I think that he can help them make a run uh, toward the playoffs, and then he presents um, a lot of bad matchups for a lot of teams. But you still have the hole at the wing. And I don't think that uh, Presti wants to pay Robertson. You know, the rumor has been that he turned down a you know twelve million dollar a year contract. He wants more, which makes sense. Uh, but do you can you pay Andre Robertson fifteen million a year on the Thunder? Like I just think the answer is no. I just think it's no. No, you can't. Um, I have a uh, buyout candidate for you. Who is it? Langston Galloway? Nope. Breaking news from Mark Stein: The Kings have waived. Matt Barnes. Oh, really? They they had to wave somebody. Matt Barnes. Definitely never, yeah. ever coming to OKC. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. I thought they might wave. Well, actually, I, I didn't know what they were going to do with Tyreek. Are they going to um, wave him? Because if they wave him, he's going to the Cavs, right? Why do you say that? I just, I mean, the Cavs need another ball handler. They need another oh, effing yeah. playmaker. Why? I mean, he would be... 
a really nice backup for them. Um, we actually got a trade idea specifically for Tyreek. Okay. Um, Cam is from uh, at Kyler Hallmark. Cam Morrow and a second to the Kings for Tyreek. See, I feel like that's too much. That's way too much. I mean, <laughs> Tyreek has not been good this year. And he's uh, a rental. Yeah, he is. And he's coming back from this knee injury, and he's never really got right. I mean, he was really good at the end of last season. Yeah. Um, but he just hasn't been there this year. So I, I feel like you wouldn't have to give up that much. Yeah. And if Tyreek is bought out, the Thunder will probably tr- – they could try to go after him. I mean, they'd have to get a roster spot. Um, I don't know. Uh, Boom OU updated says ask if they could sign a bought out Tyreek Evans and then make a Robertson and Cam for Chandler trade. Now, theoretically, yes, and that would be very great. But uh, all that aligning and coming to fruition was highly unlikely. Yeah, and it's it's good to remember that Tyreek is another not a great shooter. Right. I mean, he's. I mean, he's strictly just a backup point guard at that at that spot. I mean, you can't yeah. really play him next to these other guys. Um, were there any questions that intrigued you? Oh, I, I need to know this. How do you feel about the about Kyrie Irving being a flat Earth truther? That <clears throat> of all the truther, I'm very into truther stuff. I know you are. That's why I asked. <laughs> I love a good conspiracy theory. Um, there are there are some truth or things that are very funny to pretend you believe. Um, but I I personally would never take that risk with the flat Earth thing. Um, like if he was trying to like make a joke, like did you did you see his quotes afterwards? Um, I I saw like some stuff on Twitter, but I didn't get the exact quote. They were like incoherent. He, he was basically saying like. I just wanted to show you guys how like the media never covers, you know, real stuff. They just want to cover these made up stories. It's like, well, you brought it up. Yeah, this it's, is... it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. This is, um, this is not a media problem. Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think I genuinely think it was a really dumb move. Cause that's going to stick with him. Oh just yeah. Just in terms of like people making fun of it. Yes. And I, I, I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's been a few things like that. Like, I remember when uh, KG, I forget what he said to Carmelo, something about Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, yeah. He said there's something like about, little, yeah, I, I don't really voila. want to say it on the podcast, but yes. <laughs> yeah. If you want to. Uh... But like, <laughs> stuff like that, like, just sticks to you. Yes. And becomes like a meme. And this will be, this will be a meme. Kyrie as a flat earther. I love it. Uh, one thing before we go, my friend Adam Huskerson just texted me and he said, I literally can't get the phrase the boogie for the buddy out of my head. <laughs> Isn't it? It's, it's crazy that they traded him for the guy who punched him in the nuts. Yeah. Like literally a couple days ago. Maybe they, they just, they like that kind of thing. Maybe they, maybe they're after, uh, maybe they're after Draymond Green too. They're just like nut punchers and nut kickers. Maybe they looked at what the Warriors did and they took all the wrong lessons from it. <laughs> They're like, we've got to get guys who are willing to go that far. <laughs> this is what stars are made of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, can I, can, I'll, can I'll, we answer? I don't really have a great answer, but I just want to bring it up yeah. in case I think of something. Uh, Detally Live. Oh, yes, 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 yes. 
Sorry, I'm not really covering many Twitter questions today. I'm I don't even I'm sorry everyone that I asked for them and that I'm not doing a great job. We can run through some. Let me let's do that one and then we'll um, see if there's any others that we can answer quickly. So, uh, Detally Live asks, seems like Al Baby Cakes is grounded in reality, a.k.a. Debbie Downer. What commonly held OKC fan opinion needs a reality check? Uh, first of all, thank you for calling me Debbie Downer. <laughs> I am a, a very proud pessimist, which I think has more to do like with not living in Oklahoma anymore. Um, That's just probably like, true. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a lot of friends who like follow other teams. Like there's a lot of Blazers fans out here. And so anytime I like bring up a OKC player and I'm valuing them the way that an OKC fan would, they just, they just laugh hysterically at me Yeah, or they'll like not know who they are. Um, commonly held OKC fan opinion. You draw to check. Well, you know, I, this is a bonus thing. Not that I don't like, have high hopes for him, but just the, the depth of how bad his rookie season could end up being like statistically. Yeah. I think, I think it's worth paying attention to just as we go forward, just because the number of guys who have had a statistical season that bad offensively, you know, it's not a great outlook, but on the other hand, he does show up well in some defensive stats. Um, So that, that is encouraging. Um, but I would say compared to the average fan, I'm obviously like less higher on Sabonis. Um, I knew do you that, have any? I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess in the same way, I'm, I'm less high on Jeremy Grant than a lot of people locally are. Man, I, when I tweeted that out the other day, I, it was someone on Twitter who was talking about the Grant trade. And they were like, yeah, they had to give up a first for him, too. And I, like, didn't believe this person. I started arguing with them. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way we gave up a first for Jeremy Grant. That's impossible. <laughs> and then I went back and looked at the trade. I don't know how I feel about that in retrospect. I, yeah. was, I was into it at the time. But, like, I think if we believe in this team, we believe that they're going to be a top 10 NBA team in the next couple of years. And so the idea that we would give up that top 20 protected pick for Jeremy Grant, it stings a little, yeah. especially when you see like what other first round picks have gotten. And especially now that OKC has given up a pick for Dion, given up a pick for Cantor, and now given up a first round pick for Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. don't, I, I like a lot of what Presley does, but his recent use of first round picks kind of concerns me. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. Um but he's, I think he's, I mean, he's found ways to go get those picks and those players. Like, no one would have thought that Sabonis would have ended on this, ended up on this team last year. Um, right, that's true. And so there's other ways to get first round picks. And I think that he understands that. And the Thunder's pick, I mean, it, it's definitely more valuable than, than it was last season. But still, I mean, if you are going to move forward, and I, and I guess really the only way that you think about these picks being valuable is just as trade assets, right? And not right. Um, and not as like you know potential players. Um, so yeah, I I agree, and I I like Jeremy Grant. I just think he's nothing. I just think he's a as a bench player. You know, he's a he's a you know maybe a quality bench player at the be- at best. Yeah, it just seems like every year at the trade deadline all these guys who could be moved. It seems like the asking price is always a first round pick. Like some of these like relatively decent guys, Yeah, you know, obviously surge went for a first and Terrence Ross or, um, 
when the Markeith Morris went for a first. It always seems like there's like some legit NBA players you can get for a first at the trade deadline. Yeah, and the the Thunder they have they're just top heavy, and then like who knows like maybe somebody does value Cameron Payne, and if they do, like I think they've they've got a bite on that now. Um, right. So I don't I don't know. The Thunder don't have a ton to work with, but I do expect them to make a move. Um, and I think the move is Robertson. I think that there's like in my head there's like a eighty percent chance that he's traded. That okay? That's exciting. What do you? I think? just want to trade. <laughs> you just want any trade? <laughs> yes, I don't take any trade. <laughs> oh man, uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We can follow Alex at Al Baby Cakes on Twitter. He's a great follow. If you're a Thunder fan, which most of you are, if you're listening to this. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DCD Podcast. Thank you to everyone who has given us an iTunes review over this past week. Uh, that has been really great. Uh, lots of really nice things said, so we really appreciate that. Uh, if you listen every week and you haven't left us a five-star iTunes review, please do that. And everybody have a wonderful day and happy trade deadline week. <laughs> <laughs>